Season 2, Space Cadets and the Pirates of the Outer Rim. Written by Brent Winzek and Jordan Stein. Sound design by Chris Chenegay and Man of Science Studios. Executive produced by the Jimmy Will Company. Episode 5, Trial by Fire. The life pod carrying Walter Stanek plunges from the ISF Intrepid like a well-aimed bullet. It plunks into Ekarak Bay, four miles offshore, and a drab pirate ship named the Mule Deer trolls over. The pod bobs to the surface, and the pirate ship fires harpoons, hauling it up on deck. Don't shoot. I'm unarmed. That's an ISF life pod, mate. Yeah. We're no dummies, purple blood. You can keep the pod. Scrap it for parts. I just want to get to shore. What are you? A deserter? The pirates grin menacingly, aiming their pistols. You don't want to do that. Don't we? Not far away, Corduroy Keep looms over the defenses at Smith's Point, a hulking fortification of stone and steel with angry torches and arched stone windows. From its watchtower, a lab rat peers through a pair of binoculars, analyzing the smoldering wreckage in Ekrek Bay. Did you see it, sir? The pink lightning? No, I didn't see the initial blast. I saw it too, sir. The skies are clear, though. Keep orbital defense on the alert, Veston. Veston. My wrist calms down too, sir. Bring the Admiral in for questioning. Aye, sir. Enter. Sir, now crews are reporting comm outages. Have Vera's people diagnose the comm issue. Do we know which vessel was hit? The Mule Deer. One of my scouting vessels. I've got the nearest militia ship investigating. Tighten our defenses in the bay, assign security details to control commercial traffic, and report any energy anomalies. You think it's an attack? No. We've had no reports of ISF vessels crossing the barrier. Our intel suggests we should expect roughly 200 ships, but they're not due for at least 21 hours. Sturgis, report back to your post. Aye, sir. Gorg. get the crew assignments finished for our remaining ships. Yar, affirmative. The Admiral, sir. Thank you, Eldadip. Admiral, before we begin... Empty threats don't work on me, so you can save your breath. My threats are never empty, Admiral. I have no problem killing you. Hmm. You're gonna have to try harder. You already failed twice. Have I? Yes, of course, Kalila Cliptock, sole survivor of the Space Cadets incident. I'm sorry, we're just now meeting face to face. It's nothing personal. You're extremely unpleasant. The truth is unpleasant, Admiral. But it's practical. The crate you were attempting to open, what was inside? 
I don't know. You never opened it? I was ordered not to. That wasn't the question. I follow orders. Who sent it? Which ISF officer? What is this about? I'm asking the questions, Admiral. You said you were ordered not to open it, yet you were trying to do just that when I found you. Why? We weren't told anything when it arrived. Just ordered to protect it. It activated after I sent my SOS. I figured it was a weapon. I was hoping to use it on you. Have you ever heard of Beniti Juan Villirno? Who? Elder Dip, lock Admiral Cliptock up. Aye, sir. As soon as we have comms back, send word to the ISF that we hold a prisoner of war. <laughs> you don't have a prisoner of war, Lord Smith. The ISF posted me out here so people would forget about me. And perhaps we'll do the same. Take her to the dungeon. Post a guard. Meanwhile, aboard the ISF Intrepid, still hidden between the twin moons of Orcus and Nargle, the cadets stand by as Medbot revives Argyle Sox. Reviving the patient. Huh? Oh, oh, Walt! He took off. We know. Doc filled us in. I'm having the Intrepid searched now. Ma'am, there's a life pod missing. And we've got reports of a strange energy disturbance in Akorak Bay. That has to be Walt. We need to get down to the planet. We'll never get a military vessel near the city. And your ship isn't going anywhere soon. But I think I have a solution. Follow me. I'd like to accompany my crew. They'll need someone who knows the city. Lieutenant, will you please look after Nemegain? It is Nemegain's duty to serve the captain, and it is the Gali's duty to protect Garak. That's too dangerous, and you're not easy to conceal. You could have helped by keeping Captain Stanick detained. You're staying here. Objection. Argyle's right, Doc. If someone sees you... Proposal. Would Jablon like to see Nemegain pissed off? Don't piss Doc off, Argyle. He can handle himself, and he's good in a fight. We'd be stupid not to bring him. Fine, but stay under that cloak. Ma'am, I'm sending you readouts from our engine. Take notice of the timestamps where the energy drain occurs. The drain coincides perfectly with the time Captain Stanek spent on board Intrepid. That might explain why we had so much difficulty keeping our vessel operable. How so? We discovered that the Goliathan drained energy from the atmosphere around the planet we found it on. Now, the captain's skeleton is slowly becoming infused with the same mineral I've identified in Goliathan temple stones. From what I can tell, that mineral draws on power in its vicinity. Presumably it stores it until the Goliathan is interfaced with a temple. So Walt's turning into some kind of energy parasite? Yes, actually. In a manner of speaking. Here we are. Basics. Cobb leads the way into Base 6, where the demon stork, a sleek black vessel shaped like an orca, is tied down. It has a frosted orange windshield, and its shark-toothed decal grins wildly at the cadets. The demon stork! How did you find the demon stork? We had to detain the captain. Oh... And, uh, who would that be? Roy! 
Croy, show yourself. Libic Croy stumbles through the hatch door. She's an older woman, covered in dust from her brown leather coat to her mud-caked boots. Under the brim of her cowboy hat, her steely gray eyes glint in the light. <laughs> I'll be damned. Argyle sucks. You're not dead. No, not dead. Uh, Livick, you reek of bourbon. That's partly why Admiral Cliptock has her detained here. That Cliptorgian double-crosser. Enough. I need you to do something for me. Now, Lieutenant, you just cut me loose and I'll do whatever you say. The space cadets need the demon stork to infiltrate Smith's Point. It's the only vessel we have access to that isn't ISF. And what would be so damned important that you commandeer my ship? The pirates have Admiral Cliptock. Oh, I see. Well, if we're going to do this with my ship, we're going to do it my way. What do you have in mind? Well... In the intrepid weapons vault, Cobb stands in the doorway, arms crossed. Jablon, be a deer and load two more of those rifle caches. She looks defeated as she watches Hank and Jablon hustle to retrieve crates of firearms for Livick. Is this really necessary? We're hoping to stop the pirates. Couldn't we send them food rations or something? Sweetheart, you're a soldier. Think like one. Those pirates are hunkered down at the point, waiting to fight trained ISF soldiers. They ain't thinking about buying trail mix. <sighs> That's all of it. Okay, you're on your own from here. We'll be waiting to hear from you. Lieutenant Cobb nods to them and marches off. That was too easy. Argyle, you remember how to start the launch procedures? The demon stork creeps stealthily away from the ISF Intrepid. In the cockpit, Livick and the cadets stare at Elaborap's forces in orbit. Okay, Livick. You're fully capable of getting into Smith's Point without smuggling weapons, so what's the scam? Whoa, hey, let's not go hurling accusations. I know a Pontiac grift when I see one. Darling, please. I taught that drunk everything he knows. Can we focus on the plan? The Hulgarians, right? Argyle, can you handle the wheel? You know full well I can. Here's an old schematic of Corduroy Cape. Argyle, do you still have that damn datacom? I do. Nemegayan, may I? Affirmative. Great. I'll share these schematics with you. The only two entry points are through the main gates or the broom closet at the Devil's End Saloon, and you're never getting in that way. But there is one other way in. You see the drainage pipe on sublevel two? That leads straight to the canal system. Cobb outfitted us with a submersible life pod. When I give the signal, you'll launch the pod into the canals. Now the tricky part is, you can't get back out that way, so I recommend marching right out the front gates. Once you're out, head south of the city. Warning, malware detected on console two. And Argyle just hacked me with the datacom, so I'll be able to track you. Oh, uh, 
You are approaching a guarded planet. Identify yourself. I'm a local, looking to sell you boys some guns before the big block party. Whoa, hey! Do not deviate from your present course. We'll escort you down to Ekerik Bay. Copy that. Okay, everyone get below decks. The demon stork shudders into the ocean southeast of Smith's Point. Livick jumps into the pilot's seat as the hatch opens and two pirates spring inside. Easy now. I don't keep a piece on me if I'm flying. See? Keep your hands where we can see them. What do you want, butcher? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't have to start calling names now, do we? I live here too. Does it even cross your mind that I might want you to hold the point? Sounds like a crock of shit to me. Take us to the hold. We're searching the ship. Down in the hold, the cadets climb into the pod. There's the signal. Launching now. Doc! The two pirates force Livick into the cargo hold just seconds after the cadets depart. What was it? The pirates hurry over to the noise, and Livick seizes the opportunity. I'm sorry you kids didn't believe me. I did tell you I had a ship full of guns. Alone, Stanek lays in a puddle of blood amidst the smoldering wreckage. As he fights for consciousness, an ocean wind stirs, pushing the vessel towards shore. In the foothills south of the city, a phalamon emerges from a snow-white hedge. Shrouded in a brown cloak, he slinks into the water, swimming to the mule deer. His face is concealed in a gas mask, its tubes protruding like tusks under his thick little head. He pries pistols and jewelry from dead hands, shoving everything into a satchel. As he does, Stanek rolls over to see a gunboat creeping towards them. Get out of there, you filthy egg layer! Without thinking, Stanek tackles the little Phalamon as the gunshot singes the air overhead. Watch out! Damn! I see you there! The Phalamon shakes Stanek off, produces two green orbs from his cloak, and hurls them at the oncoming ship. Human, hold the breath. Wait. <laughs> Sticklore heaves his satchel onto the banks of Phalor River as Stanek drags himself into a puddle of black mud. Why you save Sticklore? You are in danger. Humans are not supposed to save Falmons. Humans kill Phalamons. Those were bad humans. But not all humans are bad. I'm trying to save my friend. <laughs> From Stickler's vision, no human is good. Except you, maybe. Stickler must honor you. 
Ah, but has little. Offers all loot. Best praise to you. Stanek peers into the satchel and pulls out two pistols and a gambler-style cowboy hat. He tugs the brim down over his eyes and holsters the pistols. That's all I need. Keep the rest. No coins. No sparkling toys. You save Sticklore. This gift does not honor the deed. Maybe you can help me. I need to find the pirate Elaborap. <sighs> he guards the watchtower at Corduroy Keep. He is bad human. I know. But you can't let bad humans scare you. <laughs> Good human. <laughs> Funny human. You must go through Florian Forest. Sticklore knows all the trees. <gasps> Quick! For several miles, Stanek hustles after Sticklore's stocky frame as he ducks under brambles and leaps over logs until Corduroy Keep rises into view above the tree line. Stickler halts, ducking into a thicket and pointing at the barricades along the edge of town. There is the road humans call Devil's End. You go alone. Stickler wishes you well, strange human. Your kindness is remembered. With that, the masked Phalamon nods emphatically and melds back into the underbrush, leaving Stanek with the lonely wind. He steps out of the forest to approach a familiar face at the city limits. Halt. State your purpose. Still taking volunteers? Name? Calvin Billy. Age? 28. Occupation? Farmhand, sir. Looks like you're packing heat. Give me a brief weapons inventory. Two Valak pistols and my bare hands, sir. Let me see. Yar. Yar, they're completely drained. That's not possible. Well, it's a fact. See for yourself. What's wrong with your arm? Accident. It still works just fine. Stanek flourishes one of the pistols, and Gligorg nods impatiently. Head to Curderoy Keep over yonder. There you can join in with Sturgis Doyle's militia. You'll see him running drills in the courtyard as soon as you walk in. And recharge your pistols. Inside Corduroy Keep, Stanek clings to the shadows and examines his drained pistols. Shaking his head, he tosses them aside and finds a weapons vault. As he reaches inside, the pink lightning leaps from his fingertips and swirls around the nearest gun. Okay, no guns. Stanek grabs a sword and makes his way to the watchtower. He passes under a power conduit and his arm jolts. He touches it and sparks sizzle from his fingertips. The lights flicker and Stanek grins, dragging his right hand along the conduit in the ceiling. All the power in the keep blinks out. Stanek's arm glows as he opens a door, stepping out onto the battlements. Inside the watchtower, a lab rap reviews a map of his forces around Smith's Point. 
Grimtash, what now? The Labrap steps out onto the watchtower catwalks. He looks out over the city, where the surrounding blocks are dark and silent, the moonlight obscured by lurking storm clouds. He notices a young soldier in a cowboy hat crossing the battlements one level below. A pink light glows in his right hand. You there, sailor! Bring your light to the watchtower. Stanek pauses, glancing over his shoulder. He turns to face Elaborap, removing his hat. Captain Elaborap, draw your sword. Next time on Space Cadets. Hostility and betrayal. An average night in Smith's Point. The finale of season two begins with episode six, Fault Lines, coming soon to Space Cadets Radio. Get updates on season two and new entries in our listener's guide at spacecadetsradio.com. That's spacecadetsradio.com. 